So empaths are feelers, deep feelers, people who just really feel deeply from the word empathy, right? So when we see somebody suffering and we can either actually feel their suffering, like the sadness, or we can even feel it physically. Like we can, if someone tells you they have a stomachache and then all of a sudden you have a stomachache, or if you're in a room and someone walks into the room and you can feel their vibe, like you can feel like a really good positive vibe or you can feel a negative vibe. There are different levels of being an empath, but that's it in a nutshell. Are you ready to upgrade your health to a new level and do so by learning from experts in the field of lifestyle medicine and plant-based nutrition? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Plant-Based DFW Podcast Weekly Show. We are your hosts, Dr. Rizwan Bukhari and Maya Acosta. Every week, we will feature guests who are either physicians, dietitians, health coaches, or chefs who will tell us about their journeys towards becoming plant-based and how they have helped others. And as you dive into the episodes, never forget, the more you implement these healthy lifestyle changes, the more you will upgrade your health. Welcome back to another episode. Marina Yanai Triner is back with us again. If you missed my first interview with Marina, you can visit episode 83 to hear the story of how she became a plant-based health coach. This time around, Marina and I talk about the year 2020 and the tools that allowed us to shift our focus from fear to going within and growing as individuals. Marina discovered that she's an empath and has shifted her practice from health coaching to transformation life coaching. Empaths can feel and absorb other people's emotions and energy. We can feel overwhelmed and drained as a result. Therefore, Marina is here to talk to us about self-care, setting boundaries, and taking time for ourselves. If you're an empath, please let me know in the comments below, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, Marina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see your face and connect with you again. It's so nice. Well, thank you. I had such a good time with you the first time we had a conversation that I was like, we should do this again. When I first had you on, I was really excited about the fact that you're a health coach. I wanted people to know a little bit about your story and what you do. And then I really wanted to motivate people this year. Um, And then things happened and life has been very different for all of us. So yeah, first of all, how are you and how did you manage 2020? Um, Honestly, it's been such a great year for me. Um, Of course, there have been tricky parts of it. But at the very beginning, I think around the time that you and I spoke, um, I did an online retreat. So I got together with three friends. And we said, you know, people really need this now. And it was like the very beginning of quarantine and all of the craziness that was going on. And we got together and we did it twice. It was a three week retreat. Um, it was incredible. And I incorporated some plant based cooking in there as well. But the main thing that I was doing was actually transformational coaching. And that was really like the time that I stepped into it fully. And I was so excited about it. And my friends told me, like, we see this in you so much. And that really kind of encouraged me to shift my focus this year, um, from health coaching to transformational life coaching, um, because that retreat was so successful, people truly changed their lives. And I think this year has been about going inwards for everybody. Because we're stuck at home. And we're stuck with everything, just all of the issues, the triggers, you know, with our 
partners, with our families, with ourselves. It's all here to be looked at. So that that was the year for me in a nutshell, just like tackling it all, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, what's so amazing is that we were staying busy through the middle of March, still doing in-person events. And I remember a good friend of us who's a registered dietitian, she said, I'm not shaking hands anymore. I'm not giving hugs. This thing is serious. And at that moment, I thought, oh, you know, you're just exaggerating. This It's not all that bad. Later on, I apologized to her about it. <laughs> because, um, because of that, it was so serious. And I will tell you, Marina, for me, it was absolutely stressful to continuously watch the news and see things develop. If it weren't for the podcast, where I decided to really focus my energy and all the wonderful people that I've spoken to the entire year, I don't know what I would have done. Speaking with wonderful people who were able to kind of stay balanced was absolutely helpful. So I'm happy that you're back. Yeah, you know what you actually, I feel like you're touching on a point around empaths, because that's kind of like this year, I realized that the people I want to coach are empaths through a client that I had. Um, a life coaching client that told me I'm an empath and I just realized it and uh, it's really helping me to realize it. And then I started looking more into that and I realized, oh my gosh, so am I. And I love empaths, but we do have our unique challenges. And what you mentioned really uh, makes me think about like just all the energy right now in the world is so intense um, and so heavy with like what's going on the, on the news. But even if you don't watch the news, which I don't, <laughs> I have made a decision not to. I have enough friends and family who update me every day on the numbers. And I'm just like, okay. Um, but I, it's really intense. But for empaths, even just being in an environment of this energy, it really impacts us. Um, so maybe we can define what empaths are in case people yes. have no idea. Definitely. Before we get started, um, do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about you for people who didn't listen to the first time, you know, the episode when you were first with us? Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. And you are plant based as well. So my story is that, yeah, I've been plant based for over nine years. And for everyone who wants to kind of hear that part of the, the story, you can check out the first one. So I think we covered that with my mom being sick and really motivating me to go plant-based and then over time it also became an ethical consideration for me so I'm really happy to be plant-based for all this time and I absolutely love it and I recommend for all listeners to definitely just listen to this podcast you know so you can get really really inspired by that part of my story is a lot of emotional trauma that I've had in my life and just really trying to find ways to cope with it. So food was kind of the gateway of like, oh, I don't have to kind of take whatever is handed to me as my genetics, as, uh, you know, trauma and stress in my life and just roll with it. I can actually change things like I, it's actually in my hands. Um, so food was kind of the first thing that opened my eyes to my own responsibility over my life. And it, it was great. And it is still great. But then over time on this journey, I just started to find that, oh, I want more, you know, more avenues to really grow as a person. And I really love personal growth. I've always been very attracted to it. 
Um, and uh, I come from Israel. And when I lived in Israel, I started to be very active in the conflict that is going on in the region. So I worked for, I was certified as a conflict um, transformation facilitator. And what that means is that I, for 10 years, would sit in circles with um, young people, teens, um, Israelis and Palestinians, and I would facilitate dialogue between them. So that was really, really powerful and transformational because the tools that they received in that process is really like, wait, I, I was taught all of these opinions and ideas about people, and now I'm going to reconsider them, which is a very courageous thing. And I love that work so much. Like I felt like I transformed from seeing them and from just being you know, opening this presence, like this room for these young people to, to make those courageous actions and to like really share their stories and their pain and everything they've experienced. And to say like, oh, well, your pain can be legitimate at the same time as my pain is legitimate. And I can actually just sit here and listen to you. Um, it was so powerful. And then it really like over the years of doing that work, it started being very personal work. Like it, in the beginning of those circles, it would be all about politics, but over time it would really be like, where can I step into my personal power? Um, where can I tap into like, even though I'm in this conflict and I live in this situation, like how can I tap into my responsibility? What can I do? How can I feel empowered? And it was my favorite. And I always said, like, how can I do this work as my full time job? Like, I just love it so much. So that's a little bit of background of that kind of work. It was long term. So I would work with the same group for like a month. And it was very intense, it was like two hours a day um, of, of dialogue. And so then I started, you know, my plant based business. And from just exploring like what it's like to have a business and all these different things, that was also like a growing up moment for me as well, because business really challenges you um, to kind of step outside your comfort zone when you don't have that paycheck coming in every month. And, you know, that security, you're always challenged with learning constantly and with sticking with something that can be really scary sometimes maybe uncertain but really sticking to your values and saying like this is what I want to do and this is the message that I want to spread so through that process I ended up joining a mastermind um, over a year ago now that was a business mastermind just to learn more about business and marketing and all these fun things and in that mastermind I met a coach and she was really powerful and she guided us beyond, you know, we were learning marketing, but the, my favorite part of the mastermind was actually Alyssa, Alyssa Nobriga, who was our coach. And by the end of the mastermind, she offered a program to become certified as a life coach. So that's when I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. And it brought together kind of like that passion that I had in those dialogue circles and what I want to bring into the world and really it also is about wellness and like you said self-care um, and and just learning to handle challenges in life <laughs> as like this pandemic you know learning to take it as always this attitude of the universe is actually gifting me now and I just need to look at 
how, how is that happening? And what are the lessons? Thank you for sharing that you've always been into personal development. And then this year, um, it became apparent that self care was the thing that we were supposed to be focusing on for 2020. And I was kind of horrified watching the news and hearing about all the amount of people that were dying every day. I can't wait for you to talk more about empaths and tell our, our listeners what that is. But I picked up on that energy of devastation and pain for the people and the families. And I always think of other people and the pain that they might be enduring. And then at some point, I disconnected and I started spending time in nature. And what came to mind was all the different tools that I had been gathering my entire life involving personal development and really um, spirituality. And then I said to myself, why am I not using any of those tools? Why am I not taking this time to really focus on all the possibilities? And then that's when my energy just changed. So um, you said you had a good year. So 2020 was good for you in a sense. Um, it was a good year because honestly, it's pretty cool. But the very beginning of the year, when I set an intention to use challenges for growth and to like actually enjoy challenges because I identified and I think so many people will relate to this that when I had challenges I would freeze and hide like I, I wouldn't like it and I would really criticize myself a lot as well in that process like why are you responding this way um, but still like get stuck in that pattern so I really wanted to shift that so that was helpful but um so let's just define empaths first. And then I really want to comment on things you said because they're super important. Um, so empaths are feelers, deep feelers, people who just really feel deeply from the word empathy, right? So when we see somebody suffering and we can either actually feel their suffering, like the sadness, or we can even feel it physically. Like we can, if someone tells you they have a stomach ache and then all of a sudden you have a stomach ache. Um, or even when you're walking on the street and you feel someone's energy, or if you're in a room and someone walks into the room and you can feel their vibe, like you can feel like a really good positive vibe or you can feel a negative vibe. There are different levels of being an empath, but that that's it in a nutshell. Um, there's also, you know, empaths who are very sensitive to light and sound and different things like this, but not all empaths are. And there's introverts and extroverts. So people who get energy from being with people or people who don't, who get energy from being alone. Um, I am an extroverted empath, which actually really helps me because I get so high on other people's good vibes. Like I know that if I'm in a bad mood and then I'm talking with you, for example, or like a good friend, I just get happy right away. So that's a big strength. And what I wanted to comment on what you said is that um, in the beginning, you were really focused outward on everybody's problems, right? And like all of the pain and suffering that was happening. And then you decided to actually go inward and care for yourself. So what I find a lot with empaths and with myself is people pleasing and, um, and people pleasing, like it has a very bad connotation. But what I mean is that because we feel other people's pain, we also really care, like we really care about other people. Um, 
but it comes with this thing of everyone needs to be okay so that I'm okay. Like if everyone's not okay, I am not going to be okay. And so it's very dependent and it's very overwhelming because you're always trying to make sure you, it's even very unconscious. This is something I have really found in myself that I love discovering and like sort of working on is that when I enter a room, I am subconsciously making sure that everyone's okay. Like <laughs> even I've found this with my therapist. It's so funny. Like I can tell when she can't hear me really well on zoom and I'll be like focused on that. And she tells me why, why are you paying attention to this? Just like focus on yourself, but I'm always making sure that people are okay. And I used to think, you know, maybe it has to do with how I grew up and it probably does. But the biggest thing is that I can feel people's energy. So if someone is really sad, I start to feel sad. And so turning that inward and actually saying like, I put myself first and then everybody else. Um, it's really hard. And a lot of times we think that we're selfish for doing it, but actually, and this is like, something that I prove to my clients through um, observing how I work with them. So I'll ask them when you cried yesterday, and I was just being present and listening to you. And I didn't cry. Also, like I was just like in my body I was listening to you. How did that feel? And they said, Oh, it's great. Like, you know, I, I, I loved that, that experience. And then I asked them, well, if I would have started crying <laughs> with you and just being pulled into your energy, how would you feel? And they say, well, not good. Like I would, I would like try to take care of you or like, you know, be confused. And I, and this is like the example of why we need to put ourselves first is because you just can't take care of somebody else when you're not well. So there are many little exercises that I teach clients like a meditation where you can actually check in with your energy and you can actually cleanse that energy and allow it to kind of go out of your body, whether it's yours or somebody else's, where we don't need to be victims to like the empath label, like we don't have to, um, you know, say, Oh, I'm an empath. And, and I do, I'm just overwhelmed constantly, like we can be really excited and proud of being an empath, and then have the tools for that emotional overwhelm to kind of cleanse our bodies of, of it. That's one of my challenges as an empath, which by the way, I only discovered a few years ago that I'm an empath. And when I started studying about it, it all made sense. Like my entire life since I was a little girl, I was concerned about neighbors um, in my community that couldn't feed their children or clothe their children. Very early on, I had this desire to help people, to help heal people, to help people in any way that I can. And I think in any field I've ever been in, I've always been sort of helping. <laughs> you know, empaths can be found in all sorts of uh, fields, but I think mainly like in the caring fields of like education and maybe even nursing, counseling, coaching, um, you therapists. know, health coaches, therapists, yeah, just right. very caring people. My challenge is uh, standing in my truth and in my own integrity, uh, especially when that inner self is telling me that someone is not safe or that someone is draining me, standing in my truth and not allowing someone to manipulate me or use me in a sense. Um, so, and I do understand that there's this kind of correlation, not always, that an empath has with, say, being codependent 
because perhaps of how we grew up oh yes there's <laughs> so much there I love your awareness of um, knowing where it comes from and I I truly believe that a lot of empaths are light workers in the sense of their people who have had a lot of trauma in their life and they know how it feels and they want to support others not to feel that so it's it's so beautiful I just I'm in love with empaths and I knew that's why I clicked with you too like whenever someone interviews me and they're an empath it's like the best conversation um so to give context like you're super aware and maybe some people who are listening to this are not as aware of their tendencies if you grew up in a home where there was any kind of violence or you experience any kind of violence in your life, then what happens is it's, it's very, it makes total sense that you start to become really aware and it's called hypervigilant. So that's what happens, especially with trauma and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is that you subconsciously, it's brilliant because you want to stay safe, right? We all want to survive and stay safe. We start to scan the environment constantly just to make sure, okay, everything's good. Mom is happy that, okay, today all is well. Oh, tomorrow, you know, someone's a little on edge. I'm going to go into my room and I close the door. So that's kind of like the pattern that we start to have. And what happens is that you kind of said without using the word boundaries, like where we become not so good at setting boundaries because we want, we start to please again, like we want everyone to be okay. Um, and so we, we don't set boundaries because when you say no to someone, um, they might get upset and you cannot handle that. Right. So I have a really good example with a friend um, uh, that, I came to help with um, move and it was during COVID and she's not into COVID. You know how some people are just not into COVID. Um, and we were indoors and I asked her to put on a mask and she said, no. So I stayed and I was helping my friends and then I got home and I was annoyed and I had a lot of resentment. <laughs> so I started telling my partner and he was like, well, why don't you just leave? It's her choice not to wear a mask. It's your choice to leave. You don't have to stay there and help her. And I was like, what? No, I can't do that. <laughs> and so um, that was very funny, but it made me really realize how that annoyance just starts to build up, right? You get home and then you start calling your other friends and you're like, this is what happened. And so it's like, you don't take responsibility, even though, and you kind of almost see it like there's nothing I can do. Um, because I cannot say no, <laughs> I cannot possibly say no. So we think that safety comes from hypervigilance. We think that safety comes from that scanning of, you know, what's happening and really knowing what everyone's feeling. And that's kind of fake safety, because we can't actually control everybody, we can only control ourselves. So we might think that it's safety, but it's fake safety. The real safety is in setting boundaries and saying, I come first, I love you very much, and I'm going to go home or, you know, I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable here, or I want to say no right now. Um, so at first, it's very uncomfortable, not gonna lie. It feels very uncomfortable. And it's also like a muscle. So the more you say no, and the more you set boundaries, and like, it's kind of what you did as well, where you said, I'm going to go into nature and use all my tools, it can feel selfish it can feel like well don't you care about all those people and like don't you want to feel their pain with them 
Um, but it's not, it's really actually the opposite of selfish and with codependence. Yeah. That, that's very common as well too, because we, again, we want to please other people and we're a very good vessel for people to pour their stuff, you know, like we're very good listeners. We're, we're empathetic. People love that feeling of someone creating space for them and listening to them and like feeling with them. They don't feel alone anymore. Um, and we can do that, but like, that's a great quality that we know how to listen to people and, and really make them feel seen because everyone wants to feel seen, but we just need to learn the boundaries. That's it. Like how to set those boundaries and to say right now is a great time for you to dump your stuff on me and I'm, I'm good. Like I'm in my body. I'm good. I feel good. Go for it. I'm not going to take it on. And tomorrow, maybe it's not such a good time. So it's like knowing how to say that um, and learning how to say that. And the more you kind of, it's almost like a mantra. I do it almost every morning. I say to myself, I put myself first. So I'm getting my brain and my body used to putting myself first. And that feels really safe. Like it feels really nourishing when I say that. I'm very healing. So I love doing that. You mentioned also, you know, empaths can be people that focus on pleasing other people because they want everybody to be okay. And so it's the month of December. A lot of things happening. And I was thinking, well, there, there'll be some people that will have repercussions because family members insist on gathering and they themselves may not want to actually gather for their own safety, for the safety of the loved ones and friends. So there might be that. So many other things that we deal with with family around the holidays, all sorts of issues of spending time with people that get on your nerves, but just doing it because that's what we do around the holidays. So um, there are a lot of... uh, a lot of benefits to knowing how to set boundaries and when it's appropriate. And then, of course, if our loved ones are not used to us setting boundaries, it could seem like we're pushing them away. But that's not necessarily the case. That's not the case at all. I think COVID is it's like the perfect thing right now for all to challenge all of us to say what we feel for empaths. Tune into your intuition like this is the year to connect to yourself and your intuition. It's so huge right now. And our intuition is so intelligent. Whenever we go against it, we get resentful, we get annoyed. Um, So you can kind of sense that like, my intuition told me not to go to this gathering and I did and now I'm really annoyed. And you think you're annoyed at everyone in the room, but actually you're annoyed at yourself that you didn't listen to yourself. That's what it is. Um, so I think COVID is, it's, um, it's really, people think that, you know, it's a very extreme situation, but really, it's your regular patterns on steroids. <laughs> so it's like, if your pattern is to avoid and to say yes to everything that you don't want to say yes to, then you're going to do it a million more times right now. And you're going to be extra mad. So You know, for me, like, I also have those moments with my family where they don't get my beliefs that, that, you know, I don't want to sit at the table right next to them. I want them to, at least if we're indoors, open the table so that we have distance between us when we're eating. And sometimes it really annoys them. And so for me, like something that helps me a lot is to say, like, this is very uncomfortable. I'm used to 
like saying yes to kind of everything with you. But I want you to know that I am really challenging myself to be truthful to myself and to be honest so that I can build better communication, better relationship with myself and with you. Because in the past, maybe I would say yes, when I didn't mean to and listen, this is what's comfortable for me, you know, ABC right now, I've had to do that with my closest friends, because we all have different, we, we all seem to have different COVID opinions. And while we do, we I've gotten them, we got each other used to this dialogue now, which is so beautiful, where it's like, can I come over? Um, how can I come over? You know, like, where are we going to sit? Yes. Um, do you want me to make you food? Like the other day, I gave my best friend a free coaching session. And then she said, well, I'll make you dinner. And I said, great. But then I was like, you know what? Don't make me dinner. I'll just bring my own food. And she's like, well, what if I wear a mask and I make you dinner? And I was like, okay. Um, so we, we're getting used to having those conversations, which I think is so healthy. And it just feels so good. Like, mm -hmm. ah, I can just tell you what I want. It's not that big of a deal. And a lot of times we expect the other people to react negatively when really it's in your head. It's not that big of a deal. It's just scary. I know that it is scary, but The thing is that I think empaths, like I said, a lot of us, not everyone, but a lot of us come from a lot of trauma. So what I like to get my clients to do is really get how courageous they are as humans for everything they've been through in their life and how much courage they have. It's, it's there. We don't have to create it. Like we are courageous people. And so in those moments when it feels like, Oh my God, if I say no, I'm going to die. <laughs> I think I'm going to die. If I say no to coming to your house for the holidays, uh, something really bad will happen. Just breathe into that courage that you already have in you. And just remind yourself, like I've been through more difficult situations in my life. And this is just practice. Like I'm practicing a new way of communicating. I'm practicing a new way of being. And the cool thing is that after you do it, you feel so proud. I'm telling you, it is the mm -hmm. best feeling when like after you say what you actually want to say and you listen to your intuition, it just, it's like the best feeling in the world. There's nothing better than that feeling. No external reward, no money even equates to the feeling of just like standing in your own truth. I myself almost felt guilty saying that I enjoy <laughs> staying at home and I enjoy not having so much interaction, physical interaction with people, because I didn't even realize how drained I was until life stopped. You know, everything came to a halt. And I found myself having to cancel all these events right through June. Um, we had a lot of things lined up for this year. As I was crossing things out, it's like, It was like things were being lifted off my shoulder. And I said to my husband, oh, my God, we're going to have an opportunity to rest. I said, oh, my God, you don't have to give a lecture next month. And you don't have to get up early in the morning to do a walk with the doc. And wow. And we both were like, yeah, we can just stay home and rest because I was so exhausted. And then when I knew that the lockdown was going to happen, I went and I got more Epsom salt. I got bubble bath. I got all sorts of things to pamper myself. And then I loved going across the street. We have a park nearby and not a car in sight. You know, everyone was on lockdown and I was loving it. I was like, please let it go on longer. <laughs> 
And I feel so bad saying that because many people are very limited. Yes, I have not seen my family the entire year, which has been very difficult for me. But some of us benefit by having less interaction. And yet when I have like these positive interactions, it does a lot for me as well. Yeah, I also wonder if you know, I know for some people who are introverts, it actually is very draining to be around people. But I think it's also really important to explore like what exactly is draining? Is it draining just because you need so much alone time? Or is it draining because you weren't authentic to yourself? You know, for everyone, all the listeners to ask yourselves, because we're all different, we all need different amounts of time alone. And with people, we all need Um, you know, we just we need different things. I think that type of self care is important for everyone. But I know for me, like I used to think that I'm 100% extrovert, but that's not true. I really love my alone time as well. I love I have this ritual now that when I drive, I turn everything off. Like there's no phone calls, there's no music, there's just like silence, and I get great ideas and intuitions. And So something really great for empaths also that you said in the beginning, and I forgot to go back to it is spirituality. And for me, like spirituality is actually just teaching us how to tap into our intuition and how to be in touch with ourselves, Mm -hmm. so that we actually know when we don't want to do something, because sometimes we get so used to saying yes to everything that we don't even know. We just have this voice of this is what I should do, I should go to my family's house, you know, I have to. Um, So we kind of don't even know that we don't want to. And one of my favorite, favorite teachers is Eckhart Tolle. And when I first (laughs) read his stuff, I had so much resistance to it. So just know that, you know, these things definitely grow on you. And maybe you're ready for it, maybe not. But um, his book, A New Earth, was really so powerful to read. And spirituality is very healing because it helps us just know that there's something greater. Everything happens for our good. Nothing is happening against you. Even when it feels like something is really difficult, it's actually there. It's a lesson for you to, to overcome and to heal and to grow. So that's why, and you mentioned that you were using this time for spirituality and like deepening your connection that way. And I think that is so, so healing for empaths. And I'm doing the same as well this year. Yes. And I wanted to touch a little bit on that again. So this year changed for you in terms of direction, or maybe your calling or your purpose has changed. You're still helping people, you still want to reach out and work with people, but your focus shifted to empaths because was it? this year that you discovered that you're an empath? Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? I'd love to hear. Yeah. Um, so I actually had, I've always been very intuitive. And I actually grew up with a grandma who was super intuitive. I feel like she's a witch. Um, <laughs> I love like rituals. And I love candles. And just like the whole idea of witches. I really like it. And actually, Eckhart Tolle even Um, wrote about how women you know in the Salem witch trials and all of this like intuition that women have specifically I mean men do of course as well and I'm also married to an empath like you um, which has been really fun to explore together how we're both empaths but that intuition which is almost like seeing a little bit into the future in some ways Um, It's so strong and it sometimes scares people. And that's why there were, you know, the Salem witch trials and all these things, because it's very, it's a powerful ability 
to kind of tune into another person, what in whatever capacity. So um, yeah, I've always been very intuitive. And something very powerful that happened to me is when I was a teenager, I was sexually assaulted, I think maybe we talked about this on we the did. first broadcast. Mm -hmm. And when I went to my first therapist, I was 18. And the first thing she told me is, we need to get you your intuition back. And I'll like never forget that because she really understood me. Like she really got me. And I had this feeling of like, why didn't I listen? And where was my intuition with this person for, you know, for three years of this like abusive relationship. And I was very angry with myself. And I also, um, I was confused and I stopped listening to myself because I thought that I didn't know, but she helped me start to understand that I do know, and I always know, and we all have that knowing, it's just about really connecting to it. So that was kind of, you know, the background, but basically, one day I was meditating, and my intuition and I and I love doing this for business, it's so much fun where you, you meditate, and you kind of ask the universe, like, what what is going to be supportive for my business today? What should I do? And you just get like the coolest downloads, the more you do this. So I just got this intuition to give a friend of mine, um, a coaching session. And I did. And she, we ended up deciding to barter our services. So I was coaching her and she was um, supporting me in marketing. She's a brilliant marketer. And she actually was the one that told me that she was an empath, that she uh, discovered it recently, and it really positively impacted her life to have that realization about herself. <laughs> because the other piece is like, a lot of empaths, when we're young, we're told you're oversensitive, why are you so sensitive? What's wrong with you? And we that's how we start to actually dislike that part of us our sensitivity which is actually a gift it's like being really good at playing the piano you know it's it's mm -hmm. a huge gift and sometimes the people around us don't nurture it but lucky for me i had my grandma and then my mom uh, who's also an empath like they kind of always talked about it in a very positive way and so i was i'm very lucky in that because I grew up thinking that it's a very good thing to be sensitive. Um, of course, I was also taught that crying is bad and it means that something's wrong with you. So, you know, there were different parts of it, but um, that was really helpful. So anyway, when I discovered that with my, with my coaching client and my friend, I started reading about it. And I read this book that I highly recommend. It's called The Empath Survival Guide. I don't know if you've ever you've heard of it. No, no. <laughs> it's really good. It's written by a therapist who works a lot with empaths. I don't love the title because I don't feel like I'm surviving. I feel, you know, I like to tell empaths that they're actually like thriving in the world rather than surviving. And um, I love um, kind of putting it as being empowered as an empath, not surviving. But the book is really, really great. And it goes over different practices like for example, if you go out in public and you feel overwhelmed, you can take charge of your own energy and you can pretend that you have a little shield or a bubble or a barrier, like whatever you want to call it, with other people's energies. Um, a lot of the times, if I, I just became way more aware, like if I feel a sudden energy shift, I will stop everything and I will just close my eyes and I will 
ask intuitively, like, is this my energy or somebody else's? And a lot of times, like, it's somebody else's and it's yours. So I will just really visualize that energy going up and up and up into the universe. And I will say, return to sender with love, return to sender with love. <laughs> and I feel a huge shift, like right away, I feel happier, I feel lighter. Um, what I teach my clients is that lightness is a really good sign. So whenever you feel all of a sudden lighter, like that shift, that means whatever exercise you did really worked for you. So keep doing it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how I discovered it. And I feel very lucky that I have always loved that part of me. I've always noticed since I was a little kid, I didn't like to play. I like to sit and talk to people <laughs> and I like to know everything about them and to really, you know, they always like resonated with me in some way. And I always attracted amazing people to me. So I always felt very, I mean, except for that one story that I shared, but um, most of my life, I felt very safe around people. I felt kind of like protected around people because I trusted my intuition. When my intuition said, this person stay away from them, I did. So um, that is like a, a shield that I feel like I have. I can remember in high school having a the high school counselor who would pull me out because I there was like I said there were issues in my home um, and she put me sort of in a support group which I was so lucky that even existed I don't know what life is like now there's probably even more support now in high schools and things like that but she put me in a group and she taught me to create a bubble. Um, whenever I was being insulted and attacked in my home and so that I could stand in front of that individual and hear all these horrific things, but I would not let it enter my energy. So now that you're working with empaths and you coach them, that's what you're doing full-time, working with empaths. What a blessing. Have you discovered that there are a lot more empaths than we knew? Absolutely. And I'm discovering that all my favorite people are, have some kind of you know degree of empath in them so yeah most definitely I feel like so I feel like it's in everyone it's just some people are more attuned to it than others oh I picked up a book um while living in San Diego that was called emotional intelligence well it all made sense to me I was like well of course this is how you listen to someone and let and have them feel heard this is, and I thought well a lot of it was already in me kind of like what you said maybe the intuition of knowing how to respond to a certain situation because you can already feel what is happening in the in the other individual um, I also can tell when someone's not really interested in having a conversation with me, but they pretend. So a lot of that stuff, unfortunately, I can pick up when someone is genuine, at least my perception of it, um, when someone is uh, doesn't feel safe or genuine. Um, so my degree, my undergrad is in psychology, because that's what I wanted to <laughs> What a coincidence, right? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with children. I wanted to work with people in general and help them through their own traumas. What I discovered, which is why I was living in San Diego, is that I worked to be a facilitator for someone else who was running this type of work. And I realized that as an empath, I could not work with victims of sexual abuse because as they were doing their personal work, intensive work, I was picking up on it. And instead of being a facilitator... I was being drawn into the emotion of it. <laughs> I was not very effective. So that's one reason why I'm not necessarily a coach directly working with people one on one, maybe perhaps, like you said, I haven't built the strong boundaries um, to be able to offer that kind of work. Yeah, I feel like 
the work that I did around the conflict in the Middle East that really kind of built up my my muscles because at first it was just I mean I couldn't function and it was really hard I would take on all the stories as if my partner says it didn't happen to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I would really feel like oh my gosh it's happening to me like right Mm -hmm. now um so I really had to learn to set that boundary and to be the presence for them. And uh, the spiritual work, it was also very helpful to learn how to be like the safe space, a safe presence, and also mentally understanding that it's not helpful actually. Cause I used to think it's, it's so great that I'm crying with these people, but then I learned that it's actually not helpful for me or for them. Mm-hmm. And that it's not, um, it's not an insult if I remain in my own energy around someone who's crying and I'm just like there with them. And I also learned to cleanse, you know, afterwards, like if I feel heavy. So the awareness is the biggest thing because I find that as an empath, you already like, you're so good with emotions. Like, you know what to do with emotions. Right. So it's just having the awareness of, I feel really happy. I'm going to go walk around in silence in nature barefoot after this session um that is super key but i do believe that all empaths are able to be coaches and counselors and all these things it's just really like having tools and practicing it lots and lots so you don't get dragged into it because otherwise it's a nightmare for sure so um, moving on to kind of the work that you do with empaths, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit or if you have any tips that people can use right now, getting through the next few weeks, you know, what are some things that we can do to take care of ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, number one is you don't have to do anything. Like just remember, if you feel like, oh my gosh, it's winter and I just want to be home and I want to literally do New Year's by myself or like with one friend, that is a-okay. Like it's all good. Whatever you want to do is the right thing for you. Um, I am a big believer in self-care all the bubble baths and all that is like really great but there's also like spiritual self-care that we need and um part of it is really connecting to whatever spirituality that you feel aligned with maybe it's god or maybe it's just like a higher power um or maybe it's believing that you are your own higher power you know that your higher power like lives within you but i really like helping my clients see kind of their higher consciousness and their highest self. For example, there's an exercise that I really like, which is like a scale from one to 10 that you create on the floor and you are walking uh, around the scale. And when you get to 10, which is like your highest self, it's really like standing on that 10 and embodying that. And then speaking from the 10 to wherever you think you are at right now, maybe it's a three, maybe it's a five. Because that way you start to see that actually the five and the 10, they're all in your body right now. Like it's not that I as a coach will create a 10 out of you. It's that I'm literally just getting you to see that it's there already and helping you tap into it more. Ooh. So there's nothing to create. Like there's, there's nothing new. It's all here. Um, but it's just like really connecting with it. So 
boundaries are super, super important, whether it's learning to start your day with just like peace and quiet and even checking in with your energy and asking yourself quietly in your mind, what do I need today? Like simple questions. What kind of tea do I want to drink right now? You know, and not using the mind to get the answer, but like intuitively getting the answer. So something I do with clients who are like really confused about like, what is intuition? And how do I even feel it is I get them to close their eyes. And I ask them when I say intuition, what do you feel in your body? It's not about the mind. It's all about the body. Um, I used to love mindset work and I still do. But I think for empaths, we need body connection like that is the most important thing it's the embodiment of things the sensation in your body so a lot of times people say i feel my gut like as soon as you say that or i feel my heart so that i tell them there you go you literally just intuitively told me that right because it's not when i say intuition it's not like there's a dictionary definition tell you oh it's something you feel and it's this color and, it, and it's over there but you just intuitively actually told me what is your intuition. So slowly building up that connection with your intuition is everything for empaths. And it will lead you to the best places in your life. Um, and then asking that intuition little questions like throughout the day, even like, should I go? Do I want to go to that gathering? Yes or no. And actually listening. Because a lot of times we'll hear, no, I don't want to go, but I'll still go. And that really quiets your intuition. It disconnects you from your own body. Just make sure that you are actually paying attention and that you're actually saying yes to yourself in that way. I think it's like the most powerful thing you can do to start encouraging that awareness to come up more and more for yourself um, throughout this holiday season and stay home. If you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to go to the grocery store when it's less crowded, do that like just arrange your schedule in a way that feels really good for you and see it as practice this is your practice for yourself to really uh, connect to yourself and to live to create a better relationship with yourself because once you have that everything falls into place you know once you create like trust for yourself everything else works out what about for busy parents who have their children at home full-time now i can imagine too that uh, marriages have been really challenged this year. And I imagine there's a lot of tension between couples and then also among the family, everybody just being in the same space all the time, especially when you have little kids. Totally. That happened to me. Uh, <laughs> I had to, I think this year really taught me to speak my truth to my partner and say like, I want this, I don't want this, like this works for me, this doesn't work for me. And I think that's important for all couples and families is to really stop the excuses of like, no, I can't tell him this because this and, you know, just like get really honest with yourself. What is bothering you? What do you want? Um, what vision do you want to create for your relationship? Like I realized this year that it's very important for me to have a growth oriented relationship. Now that is not a given thing. Like that's kind of an agreement that you create with your partner. Like this is what I want. So don't take things for granted. Realize that everything that you want in your relationship is an agreement that you have to make together. So if you want something and it's not there, talk about it, come, you know, approach your partner and tell them, 
this is what I want to create. How do you feel about it? Do you want to create the same? Or I'm really exhausted with the kids right now. Would you be able to be with them? And, you know, for however long per week, and I will have alone quiet time. Don't feel guilty for that because that makes you a better parent. When you have that time for yourself, it makes you a better parent. And you want to teach your kids that you don't want your kids to be self sacrificing and, you know, just like victims to everything that happens and to just give themselves away. You want your kids to say, uh, when they're adults, like I need time off right now, I need an hour of silence or I need an hour to go to the park and just like be so all of that can be communicated and it's challenges that we always have in life but of course now they're they're more extreme for sure but it's not something that we can't figure out uh, together do you plan on having any more online retreats or offering something like that where you partner with other coaches So that's a great question. I've been kind of thinking about what I want to do, maybe like a goal setting session for the new year or something like this. I don't have a plan yet for that, but I will definitely, if I do, I always post it on my Instagram. That's where I post all my coaching offerings. So as of now, I have two spots for coaching Mm -hmm. and for just one-on-one coaching. I love one-on-one coaching more than anything because we can go really, really deep. And um, it's, it's different for every person. So I kind of come up with a personalized program for the person that I'm speaking with. Um, But one-on-one coaching is basically a way to really uh, push yourself to grow, to, you know, set your boundaries, to connect to yourself and to really feel empowered in your own life, to create a very, very empowered relationship with yourself. And um, we do many different things. We do things like breath work. We do meditations. We do um, a lot of inner child work. So really looking back to how was I as a child? Like what things have impacted the person I am today? And how can I bridge that gap and heal myself and actually reparent myself? It's seriously sacred work that has completely changed me as a person doing that, you know, with my own coaches. Um, so it's, it's just really beautiful work. So that's what I'm offering right now is hopefully there will be still those spots available by next week. And if not, you can get on my wait list, um, when you chat with me, but uh, you can always reach out on Instagram at marina.y.t. If you want to cover anything else, um, breath work is important. I want to tell you real quick, I started doing this thing called, um, they call him the Iceman. Oh, I'm off. Yes. I don't know if you told me. Could you have been the one? I might have been. And I started studying his breath work. And talk about it. Let's talk about breath work. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about breath work. And then maybe we can finish with that because I feel like there was a lot of stuff, right? A lot of material. Um, So you've been doing Wim Hof. I have um, because I noticed I can have panic attacks and the whole development early during COVID really cost me to um, I thought I was going to have a panic attack. And then I remembered that you mentioned Winhoff to me. And I started looking it up and realized um, what it is. And if you want to talk more about breath work, I think it's a wonderful thing for us to practice. Yes, I love doing Wim Hof. I actually was introduced to it. We had a friend, we still have a friend, 
um, who went to Poland and he went with one of Wim Hof's teachers to Poland in winter in his shorts for a four hour hike (laughs) in the snow, obviously, like imagine. Um, So breath work is really powerful because it can rewire your brain. And they say that your brain produces like the same chemicals as on mushrooms, but it's, you know, just from breathing. So Wim Hof is, there's so many different kinds and I keep, you know, finding new ones like breath of fire and yoga or different counts of breathing as well, because the more you learn to sort of control your breath, the more you learn to control your life and the more, so actually now I start every coaching session with a different kind of breath work with my clients because it's so powerful and they get to see, Oh, this one will really work for me when I'm feeling anxious or this one will work for me when I'm feeling tired. Um, And it's just so internal. And there's also like the alternate nose breathing, which comes from yoga. And one of the most powerful breath works that I love is three part breath. So that's just it's like belly chest out. Um, It's similar to Wim Hof in a way, but you do it for an hour. So it's a whole hour of breathing with guidance. So I guide my clients in that. And what is really powerful about it is instead of thinking like, let's say I have this pattern from childhood, and I don't know exactly like where it came from, but I'm so frustrated. And I want to I want to change it. I don't. So we think, right. We think a lot about it, but with breath work, we can set an intention and we can embody it in the breath work because it's very unconscious. Um, And the breath basically does the work for you. Like Mm -hmm. it's like if you have emotional trauma in your body and let's say your stomach is really tight and you hold on to it, the breath can rewire that without you actually like thinking about it. So it's very powerful. And I love to do like one of those sessions in my coaching package at the right time when the person really wants to rewire something. And I use really good music with like lyrics that really fit that person at that time Um, there was a time in my life when I did it for like two weeks every day for an hour and I Mm -hmm. saw such a huge shift whatever I experiment on my I always experiment myself first before I walk my clients through it so and I like to experiment intensely with like you know whatever it is so it's very very powerful and now I do it after my workouts I really like doing it after working out before my meditation because it just clears everything. And then you become very present. I don't know if you experienced that with Wim Hof. That oh, yes. And in that presence is when I can feel my heart open. And then everything seems okay. Yes, you feel that safety, right? Like inherent sense of like being grounded and safe. And that's my favorite time, Maya, when I get downloads. Yeah, it's the best. Like if you want to get downloads for your business or whatever it is, you just in that space of heart openness, just ask like, what should I do today for this? Or like whatever problem you're kind of grappling with, and then just be quiet and see kind of what comes through. It's really awesome. For our listeners who might be interested in learning more about you, and perhaps even working with you, um, what's the best way to reach you? Instagram is the best. Instagram. Yeah, so it's marina.y.t. Wonderful. And do you have a final message uh, for our listeners in terms of getting through the next few weeks? love your empath self like actually write down 
all of the gifts that you have in your life as a result of being an empath, because if you're always kind of uh, being annoyed by being an empath or feeling overwhelmed, then those gifts are actually not going to be apparent to you. So the more that you can love it and Mm -hmm. just enjoy that part, the more the parts that seem like difficult or overwhelming will kind of feel normal. You'll, you'll find the tools, like everything will come to you that you need to, to work with it. But as long as you really appreciate and love it. Thank you so much, Marina, for being with us once again. And have a wonderful 2021. Yes, you too. I, I be- I'm with you. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to yep. be a great year. It is. Been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.